Welcome to the September episode of International Voices. My name is Udo Fluk. I oversee the global program in Arts Missoula, and I am the host and moderator of this podcast series. To listen to episodes from the last two years, please visit artsmissoula.org, click on Global, and visit Radio and Podcasts. International Voices is a monthly podcast brought to you through a collaboration of Arts Missoula Global and The Trail 1033. I'm talking today to two ladies who live and work over 7,000 miles away from Missoula. Gabrielle Wayne, the International Relations Manager, and Kate Herrich, International Relations and education advisor in Missoula's sister city, Palmerston North, in New Zealand. The main reason for lining up this conversation is the 40th anniversary of our Twin Cities. Now you might ask, what is a sister city? The idea of sister cities was created at President Eisenhower's 1956th White House Conference on Citizen Diplomacy. The objective is to cultivate friendship and understanding among different cultures and to celebrate and magnify the catalytic power of people-to-people -people interaction, one individual, one community at a time. Missoula and Palmerston North have done exactly that ever since they became sister cities four decades ago. There are some remarkable similarities between our two communities that I would like to share with you. Both Palmerston North and Missoula were founded in the same year, 1866. In 1866, a small settlement that started as the Hellgate Trading Post was officially recognized as Missoula Mills, later shortened to Missoula. The mills provided support to Western settlers traveling along the Mullen Road. In the same year, 1866, halfway around the globe, city officials signed a proclamation defining the boundaries of a settlement they called Palmerston. In 1871, the suffix north was added to distinguish the settlement of the same name in Otago, located in the southern half of the South Island of New Zealand. The Manavatu River runs through Palmerston North, well, as many of you might know, from a 1992 movie with Robert Redford, the Clarkfork River runs through Missoula. Gabrielle and Kate, thank you so much for being my guests uh, this month. Welcome to the International Voices podcast. And my first question um, would go to uh, Gabrielle. Could you please tell our listeners about your role as the International Relations Manager in Palmerston North? Um, sure, absolutely. So um, at Palmerston North City Council, the purpose of international relations function is to promote the reputation and economic um, benefits of the city. Uh, and it reports to the Economic Development Committee. Um, the purpose, uh, the idea of, of international relations function is to strengthen our international connections and partnerships, including 
but not limited to sister cities. Uh, and we also would like to support the city's priority sectors. Uh, currently, it's been identified as um, international education, uh, the food strategy, including our agri-tech, uh, agri-food uh, sector and smart farming, etc. Uh, we also uh, look into our leading distribution hub in the central New Zealand. Uh, and then the third um, is to promote our exceptional lifestyle and competitive advantages to attract investment, uh, business talents and skills to the city. There's also an element of inward-facing uh, activities and that could include um, manage official delegations and relationships with embassies, high commissioners uh, based in Wellington, uh, engage with local communities to identify needs related to international relations and international businesses, um, organize public events and raise awareness and encourage community engagement in our international relations. That's pretty much it. Wonderful. Thank you so much for um, for sharing this with the listeners. I think the title International Relations Manager um, includes obviously a lot of different facets. And so I figured it would be nice for our listeners to know exactly what that means in our sister city, Palmerston North. How did the two cities, Palmerston North and Missoula, get twinned? Um, you're asking a question that's a little bit before my time, uh, <laughs> but very uh, fortunately, um, I have received a two-page history uh, of our partnership uh, from one of the very um, first secretary to the Palmerston North Missoula Sister City Committee uh, that was set up um uh, well, about four decades ago. Right. So uh, apparently the relationship started um, with um, uh, Massey University and the University of Montana. So they they commenced um, visits and um, um, academic exchanges in the late 60s. And, um, and that just sort of um, increased over the years and Eventually, uh, the contacts um, sprang into a scheme, whereas uh, students from University of Montana came over to study at Massey University and vice versa. Of course, this scheme is still continues, um, continuing to this day. Because of that liaison between the two universities, uh, uh, we signed a document of cooperation in 1981 and then later in 1982, we, well, eventually formalized it into a sister city or a twin city agreement. So that's a, a very short and brief history of how our two cities uh, came together. Thank you, Gabrielle. And obviously, um, the benefits are uh, in in many different areas and the advantages of having um, a sister city. I'd like to, because the question otherwise is fairly large, but what do you um, see as benefits for business and commerce and 
then we can probably talk a little bit about and bring Kate in uh, about uh, education uh, and tourism and recreation. But um, if you wanted to start us off, uh, Gabrielle, with the idea of how sister cities can be beneficial for business and commerce, that would be wonderful. Absolutely. I mean, um, sister city relationships um, provide a whole heaps of uh, mutual benefits to communities, um, and 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 that goes far beyond the the one-off exchanges. Um, and and my belief is that they reach every part of our community and improve the quality of life of local residents. Um, in, in both uh, Twin Cities. So, uh, first of all, um, I think that at, at the very basic level, uh, the, the citizens of, of both cities get the cultural exposure to the other side, and therefore they will be able to develop their self-identity better and develop their uh, cultural competence uh, which is absolutely um, essential to um, to a, a person's um, skills in in the modern world. And then, of course, um, when we foster bonds among people around the world, we promote uh, citizen diplomacy, and and that ultimately is uh, promoting peace and security, and and. Um, you know, all the mutual understanding and, and that really shaping the world into a better place, one handshake at a time, or in our case, one hug at a time. <laughs> right. Well, and I think it's um, important, and, yeah. and thank you for, for um, providing that background, Gabrielle, because I think um, people might get the idea that sister city connections are only something for city governments and uh, perhaps for mayors to uh, to have a connection between two cities as the officials of a city or for a city government, let's say for a city council to be connected to another city council. And while that is, of course, also part of the package, what you just said is that there's actually um, not only the city connection, but there is a connection that goes all the way down to the community and not at the whole community necessarily, but at the level of individuals. And that's why I, I really appreciated your um, your um, example of it's truly one handshake or one hug at a time where people are connecting and uh, and it goes through all levels. I think the fact that our international relations function lies um, in the economic um, um, development committee of the city shows a lot of uh, Palmerston North um, appreciation for the function and, and it actually recognizes uh, the tangible economic and social benefits um, that we believe uh, the sister city relationships can bring to to communities. So, for example, I mean, you know, how we started our twin city partnership uh, has been through um, academic exchanges. Right. Um, there are also other 
professional exchanges, um, you know, through economic, uh, educational, environmental, and cultural. And and the idea uh, might not be uh, you have an exchange and boom, there's a business going on or, or there's something starts right, right. now. But right. the idea is to create a sustained global connection and network of um, volunteers and professionals uh, to bring together uh, opportunities in economics, uh, commerce, um, tourism, recreation, all area of, of life. And it's actually quite complex when one thinks about it. It's not just um, something that happens on the surface, but it is quite a multi-layered sort of connection that um, impacts a lot of different um, areas within or a lot of different parts in a city and its communities. Um, I'd like to to bring in uh, Kate at this point as I'd like to sort of transition a little bit um, from international relations to education and um, would like to welcome uh, you Kate to Inter International Voices podcast as well. Could you please tell our listeners a little bit about your role as the education advisor? Yeah, kia ora. Thank you for having me. So my role at Palmerston City Council has two main purposes. So the first is international relations, where um, I work alongside Gabrielle to support Council's global city partnerships, uh, provide advice on Council's international partnerships and support Council's civic role in international relations. And the second is international education, where um, I am responsible for the coordination of the Manawatu region's international education strategy in collaboration with our regional education providers, uh, implementing education-related projects, um, relationship management and engagement with Education New Zealand, um, understanding and communicating developments in the international education sector, uh, hosting Student Connect events and Agent for Mill visits, and then also producing international education marketing collateral. So it's a pretty huge role, and I don't get a lot of downtime, but um, I wouldn't change it for the world. Wonderful. Kate, thank you so much. Now that um, we have you both in the podcast, um, let's go back to the other two areas that I had mentioned in my question, and that is tourism and recreation. How can sister cities um, benefit on that level? That's a very good question. I, and, and I think it it makes it easy because it's uh, Palmerston North and Missoula. Um, I mean, um, the, the people in, in Palmerston North have known Missoula uh, even before the, the sister city was established. I mean, it's, it's, it's rather famous with with the movie, um, so you know, um, I, I, I mean, you've got a river run through it, and you've got um, um, what was that? That that was another very uh, famous movie, Legend of the Fall. Um, right. Beautiful scenery, and recently, uh, our mayor cannot stop talking about Yellowstone. So uh, it's it's definitely a, a, a favorite destination for for Palmerstonians to to visit uh, our function in terms of promoting um, Missoula through tourism 
is to to talk more about what else um, our um, travelers can do over there. Uh, so we we really do encourage people who reach out to us and say, "Hey, we're going to the states." Um, then we'll be like, "Oh, have you thought about including Missoula, our sister city, in in your itinerary? Because it's a fantastic place to go and visit. It's beautiful. There's so many things to do." And and then uh, other than that, we also uh, uh, dig a little deeper into our understanding of the city, you know, how vibrant your city um, center is, uh, the the beautiful scenery of, of the city, but also of the university campus and how much alike uh, our two cities are. So when people go travel for uh, a longer period of time and they want to, to have a sense of home in the States, um, they could go to Missoula and and feel a little home connection with Farmers North when they are there. The tourism office in Missoula thanks you, uh, Gabrielle, for your kind <laughs> words and promoting this as a worthwhile destination um, for anybody coming to the United States. No, this was uh, this was beautiful to to listen to, and I can only tell you that um, in the last month I had to. Um, there were several times streets blocked downtown and I had to get around these filming locations for Yellowstone. And so um, I will offer a um, filming location tour uh, to the next delegation uh, that comes over from Palmerston North and we will go to all of the places that Yellowstone was filmed uh, in Missoula this last month because they are um, preparing the next season, which will start this fall. And um, they were here last year, I believe, um, in the fall, and did some filming in town in a, uh, in a cafe called Ruby's Cafe. And they apparently liked Missoula so much that the producer said, we want to come back and film some more. So. About a month ago, we had a whole film crew in town, and um, so there's now several locations that are, when you watch Yellowstone on TV, and you have been to Missoula, um, that you probably recognize. And if you haven't been, those are places that um, you could uh, you could stop by next time you're here. Oh, I'm excited. Please sign me up for that tour. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, now, what are the advantages to, let's say, areas like art and culture? I mean, we talked about business and commerce. We talked a little bit about education. And Kate, I'd like to come back to that in a little while. Um, we talked about tourism and recreation. But what about art and culture? Well, I think art and cultures have been uh, one of the um, fastest growing um, collaboration between Palmerston North and Missoula. Um, uh, obviously, um, you, I've already mentioned the whole cultural exposure, self-identity, and cultural competence. But in terms of, um, you know, the, the the indigenous cultures that we both have within our city, uh, the identical, um, there's, there's almost identical. Um, 
emphasis on the, the indigenous um, uh, values and and um, relations. Uh, I mean, you you know how uh, great relationship we have with our uh, Rakitani iwi, um, and that was definitely um, almost visibly felt uh, in the 40th celebration that we had last week between the two cities. Um, we we don't really feel like uh, you know that's us versus them. Uh, it's it's all within the the funnel or, or the family sort of uh, boundary, and and conversations can can be had in a very open and con- um, contributive um, manner. Um, and then um, we also have a very strong cooperation in terms of arts. Um, we have had um, um, cases before when uh, um, the head of the Maori Arts uh, School of Maori Arts from Massey University visited to Missoula, and we had um, Missoula's uh, artists um, came to Palmerston North, worked with our local uh, artists to create a, a, a striking mural uh, on our street and, and it's, it's there for the public to appreciate. Um, I, I think that there's a lot more opportunity for us in this area as well. Um, so um, not too long ago, we, we brought up the conversation of, um, you know, this modern Maori art um, that is um, um, exhibited and travel across New Zealand. And these are art artworks uh, done by the um, graduates from the Maori Arts um, School at Massey University, and there is a possibility for us to bring that traveling exhibition to the U.S. Uh, it could be based with the embassy, uh, but it could also be um, uh, travel uh, and displayed in Missoula. Um, and and I'm sure that there will be. Um, great appreciation for for the work that they have done. So yeah, we're looking forward to to further collaboration in this area. So many ties there as well between um, art and culture. And I, I it warmed my heart when you brought up the mural that was done in 2019 in the spring, as I was fortunate enough to be part of that delegation, and I saw the mural develop over. Uh, a very short period of time, and it's quite large. So um, uh, we would go by there uh, and uh, and see the progress of it. And every time we did, it was like, wow, there is another uh, 20 feet that this has grown. And um, we have since looked at uh, canvases in our city, possible canvases that could be used uh, in the future for um, a, a Maori artist to uh, to come over and enrich um, our city um, with some um, indigenous art as well. So this is a, a wonderful example, you're right, Gabrielle, of, of not only um, dealing in business and commerce and um, having connections in, in tourism and recreation, but also in the area of art and culture. And you're right, um, there are many similarities between 
indigenous peoples around the world. And um, so it's nice to see that reflected in art pieces. And, um, and so exchanging art between two, uh, two societies and two communities is really a wonderful way of celebrating uh, indigenous uh, culture and indigenous traditions. Yes, and um, let's not forget uh, the exchanges of, of, you know, cultural and art gifts that our cities have um, have done throughout the years as well. They are beautiful art pieces that, um, you know, just so meaningful, um, not only to look at and appreciate the beauty, but also, you know, the stories and, and the... the um, emotional attachment to it. It's just beautiful. Well, and on that, I, I just have to say that um, it's been now a week uh, that we had our 40th anniversary Zoom um, from City Council Chambers in Missoula with the acting Mayor Gwen Jones and a small delegation and um, a delegation in, uh, in Palmerston North. And you were in that delegation last week that was uh, that was conducting a Zoom from the Marai. And um, this was very memorable again because we had been to the Marai and we had met uh, Chief Viramu Teaviave and his wife Trieste. And of course, they were there. And just like you said, there, there are so many um, connections, deep uh, friendship connections that are uh, very important to um, to us in in Missoula and as we saw uh, to members of your delegation as well. And speaking of gifts, uh, of course, um, we were all touched and humbled by um, the gift that was presented um, last week to us over Zoom, and and we are really looking forward when the delegation is coming next time and is bringing that along. Uh, and the, the entire concept, and believe me, when we were done with the Zoom officially, we had ongoing conversations about this interesting idea of um, a weapon of peace and how you could actually um, promote this idea and the historical connection for the Maori of um, at one point, the Maori tribes were competitive, or much more competitive. They probably still are, but much more competitive than uh, than they needed to be. And one way of bringing them together and of creating peace was uh, through this um, through this beautiful wooden art piece uh, called the Weapon of Peace and. Um, we just had ongoing conversations about this. How how nice this was of um, of of you and um, the entire group of people that was present at the Marai in such a ceremony to um, to present this to us. So we were um, we were really really touched by that. Absolutely, yeah, Alfred. Pleasure, um, Kate. Why is the educational piece or component such an important part of Sister City programs and uh, specifically of the Sister City connection between Palmerston North and Missoula? 
Yeah, to me it comes back to um, the importance of developing cultural competencies in global citizens. And as we've discussed already, I think it would be very easy for sister city partnerships just to be housed within local governments and do the niceties of mural visits and council officer exchanges. But that doesn't benefit the wider city. So I think being able to um, educate our communities on the benefit of sister city programs is hugely important. And I think being able to educate and bring awareness to our sister city partnerships is hugely important. Um, to me, it's it's hugely important that youth economic development agencies, uh, community groups, businesses, education institutions, etc., are all involved in shaping sister city partnerships. And to me, this can't be achieved without education. Um, we've done a lot to bring the likes of Palmy Bit into the conversation and connecting them with downtown Missoula. And our international relations team is obviously well connected with Arts Missoula. So I think it's important that we keep bringing new groups and new people into the conversations to um, help generate the sister cities narrative for generations to come. So for anybody listening to, to the podcast and wondering how would a student exchange benefit the individual student? What, what would you tell them, Kate? Uh, I think they benefit the individual hugely. So I think uh, student exchanges are an excellent way for students to gain international experience all while earning credit towards their qualification. And you're speaking to the right person because I'm the biggest advocate for student exchange programs. That's why I was so asking. I, yeah, it's a leading question. So I completed a student exchange when I was a student at Massey University and I spent a semester abroad at Northern Arizona University in Flagstaff. And at the time, I was 20, I was studying in my hometown, I was living with my parents, and I never even travelled to the US before. And so spending a, a semester abroad through a structured student exchange program was a way that I could really throw myself in the deep end to help me grow as an individual, mature, become a global citizen, and um, be fully immersed in another culture. And plenty of people scoff at that because, yes, people from New Zealand and the US both speak English, and how hard can it be? But it, it was a bit of a culture shock coming from a country of 5 million to a country of 320-something million people. And having to adjust to that without the usual support networks um, was a challenge. And I was um, willing and excited to navigate that on my own. Um, I also think that being able to list a student exchange experience on your CV uh, really helps to leverage new, new graduates in a competitive job market post-university. And student exchanges are really not something that you could get through traditional ways of studying uh, in your own location, right? I mean, there isn't a way to read a book or to watch a documentary or to participate in some kind of a partner exercise in a classroom um, where you would get the same sort of experience and where you would get the same depth of knowledge than if you actually participate, correct? Yeah, it's all about being um, in the country in the moment. And it sounds so silly and people say, oh, you make lifelong friends. But you really do and you really help leverage your own sort of international connections. I did my exchange six years ago and I'm still in contact with boys who were from San Diego and Hawaii and then my roommate who was Finnish and um, other girls I was friends with from Germany and Australia. So right. we all still stay in contact and we all get to travel and it just, um, yeah, I 
can't think of a, of a better way to become a global citizen than doing a student exchange program in a structured environment. I would agree. And in some cases, the experience is so profound and so lasting that um, the person doesn't go back to where they came from and they yeah. just stay on. And, um, <laughs> and, you know, while this is usually not the, uh, the original idea, um, it can have uh, in an extreme form uh, this sort of, I, you know, I love this experience so much. I, I love the people. I love the environment. I love the, uh, the topography, the climate, whatever it may be. Um, I'm just going to stay here for a while. And then that while can turn into uh, many years or decades in, in some cases. I hear that this is rather rare, but it has happened. So uh, speaks no, to... You know, it happens in Palmerston North too. Um, prior to working at City Council, I was working at Massey University in the student exchange mobility space. And Massey offers a, um, I can't quite remember the name, I think it might be Global Student Athlete, where they would bring in international students into the Manawatu region and they'd be connected to a local sporting outfit, whether that's rugby or cricket or golf, what, what have you. And there was one student who was Australian and he came out here as part of his degree to be immersed with Manawatu Cricket Association. Right. And he loved it so much, he transferred his whole degree to Massey. He's now completed his qualification and he plays top level central districts cricket. So he's still here. Now so that yeah, is absolutely does happen. That is dedication to um to student exchange. That's true. Yeah, totally. Now um while that, of course, is the immediate impact um, on the individual that is actually participating and doing it, um, how does student exchange benefit a community? So looking away from the individual that is actually doing it, but does the community that individual lives in, do they benefit to some degree as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Gabrielle and I talk about this all the time and international students bring significant benefits to communities and I think cities and regions can enjoy many social, cultural, educational, economic and soft diplomacy benefits from the presence of international students. Um, international education plays a very important role in developing the social fabric of communities. Um, building communities that are culturally diverse and ultimately working to grow international networks. So international students bring different worldviews, they bring different ways of problem solving or thinking, um, different talents and skills which communities need and, and benefit from. So the success of student exchanges is an integral part of social development of communities and I really encourage towns and cities, regions and whole countries to invest in student exchange opportunities for youth. So from what I'm hearing here, Kate, that the student is almost then an ambassador or becomes an ambassador of their own country and of their own culture in sharing that with the individuals in their host community. Yeah, absolutely. And when international students are in country, it's not a them, us, you're, you're part of us. And, and you, were, you were welcomed into our community from day one. And we do a lot as a community to have a holistic wraparound student experience. So you never feel isolated. You know who to go to if, if for whatever reason you have problems and you're constantly supported from day one. And we say all the time that our 
also our biggest marketing tool for successful student exchanges is students who've had such a terrific experience that can go home and say, I had the best time in Palmerston North, you should go too. So yeah, student exchanges not only benefit the individual, but also the community. Right. Now, I think I'm, I'm going to jump in there and also add to that. Uh, there has been a lot of people who came to Palmerston North and, and noticed the similarity between our um, city, our region, with England. Right. Uh, but they they noted that we have better food than England. And uh, I, I'd like to credit that to the diverse uh, background that our international students have brought into our community oh. and really integrated um, their cuisine with ours and, and made it what it is today, a, a very exciting uh, food variety scene and it contributing to our food strategy uh, for the city and, and the region. Yeah. I, I can only agree, uh, Gabrielle, and thanks for adding that. Long before I ever came to New Zealand, um, I was enjoying lamb from New Zealand from our local grocery store here in Missoula. And, um, and so, you know, it's just something where you look where products come from. And of course, uh, the beef products in Missoula that are sold in local stores, m many come from local farms and, um, and local ranches. And so, uh, there is a, a connection to the place and to the surrounding. And so people always turn the product around and, and look where the product comes from. And I remember years ago, um, we were buying uh, lamb, I think, for uh, some festive meal. And we were very particular about it. And we ended up in this one grocery store and we turned it around and said, oh, look, it's from New Zealand. And so... Um, you know, right there, this connects to what you just said as far as uh, the diverse cuisine, not only in New Zealand, but also uh, its impact outside of New Zealand. I like to hear that a lot. Yes. Um, now, this all sounds so wonderful and so perfect. I have to ask the question, are there any drawbacks in having a sister city? Are there any unpleasant side effects that one could suffer from having a sister city or participating in a sister city programming event or festivity? Is there anything known to the two of you in that regard? Well, you know, I have actually thought long and hard over this uh, because I am a big believer of Coins always have two sides. There must be something negative about having a sister city. And for, so I've been in my position now for nearly a year. I still haven't found anything negative about this. So unless you have any suggestion here, I am still unable to provide the answer to your question. Let's check in with Kate. Kate. Have you found anything uh, on the contrary? Um, I think that the Sister City work is so exciting that we want to work in this space all the time and neglect our other work. That's the only disappointing um, part of the role and that we can't spend all our time in this space. And um, 
we've got responsibilities outside of work and we can't spend all our time traveling to Missoula and it's just really disappointing that we can't concentrate all our energy in this space but I'm like Gabrielle her and I both started in November 2021 and um, I am the same I'm yet to find a negative of a sister city partnership I think they're hugely beneficial for individuals and communities and um, local governments businesses etc and um, yeah I, I I got nothing negative to contribute <laughs> Well, uh, thanks for both of your responses to that question. And going back to, um, to, to your question to me, Gabrielle, if I have found anything, only if um, a broadened mind and an additional awareness and um, a more global view and compassion for others and uh, learning from each other through shared experiences, if all of that could be bad then then that would be the only thing but since all of these things are positive and I have yet to hear um, from anybody that said yeah I just I'm I'm too worldly I'm uh, I'm, I'm, I'm too culturally sensitive and um, I'm just it's you know it's it's I, I'm, I'm suffering from an overdose I have yet to meet that person so probably we here the three of us could agree that um, that there isn't really any disadvantage, and that there aren't really any negative uh, components of this or drawbacks, because I certainly have <laughs> have not noticed any either over the years. Very true. Now, um, what could be possible rewards for the city governments involved? And and we talked a little bit about this coming in as this is the view that many people hold, oh yeah, this is just for, for city governments. And then um, we talked about the impact uh, on business, commerce, tourism, education, recreation, even art and culture. So uh, circling back to um, how can city governments benefit and be rewarded? Oh, wow. I mean... Um what is not there to, to, to benefit because um, I, I think that the main thing about city governments is that we are here for the public's good and and if we don't have any relationship with anybody we don't know what kind of best practice are there out in the world. Good point. Um, there are problems that are faced um, you know the same by many different people around the world and um, just being able to learn from one another and to share your experience and knowledge that already is a great saving on the uh, efforts and energies and and public resources uh, for, for city governments and and I think especially for um, you know in, in the current climate where we have to face with um, you know, uh, issues like housing crisis or climate change, uh, all that sort of things. It's, uh, first of all, it's comforting to know that we are not having to face it alone. Right, right. Somebody else is sharing that burden with us. Right. And if we can work with them, uh, burden shared is, is, is so much better and, and easier uh, solved together than tackling it on your own. Um, and then also sometimes uh, when 
when city officials are um, limited within their order, uh, sometimes they cannot see the issues in front of them. Right. It takes going away and then coming back to really to really open their eyes to things that have always been in front of them. Right. And and they can either improve on that or take advantage of it. Right. Um. So yeah, I I am definitely hugely supportive of um, city governments involved in the city relationship. And and I agree um, with you, Gabrielle, that there there are especially when cities that are connected with each other have about the same size, give or take uh, a, a couple thousand people. But I think it's when you realize that your community actually is facing some of the same challenges because of, of growth, let's say, um, that could be affordable housing or it could be uh, public transportation. Um, topics like that are are experienced in in many communities that, that do have the same size. And so why not learn from each other and not um, reinvent the wheel, but to actually say, if this has worked for that community, probably um, if not, if we can transfer it as a whole and have a solution, probably we can take parts of what um, our partners have gone through and experienced and apply it to our own um, situation to benefit uh, to benefit our own um, way of finding a solution. And you know, we talked about uh, um, a secondment or, or a professional exchange. Uh, of officers before between city governments right. and, and I think you know uh, sometimes um, your own city government might not be ready for a particular project or a particular solution and by seconding that person to your sister city who might be a little bit more ready to take that step um, and for your own uh, council to wait and see the result and and see that oh it actually works it's so much easier for that seconded officer to bring uh, what success that's been achieved uh, in your twin city back to your own city and just make it work for the people right that would be a fantastic uh, result for for the city to city sort of um, exchange or partnership I agree now when we look at the connection between Palmerston North and Missoula, 40 years. I mean, a 40-year relationship with, with anybody or, or any organization is remarkable um, because there are ups and downs, just like in any relationship, and uh, you sometimes probably reflect on the usefulness of it all. And, and you might say, well, you know, we... We have been active at one point, but we aren't anymore, so let's not pursue this any further. And I'm sure there are many examples of, uh, of connections that have, well, for lack of a better description, fallen apart over the years. But our connection has been strong for four decades. And so I, I wanted to ask the two of you, what does the 40-year connection, the, the, the four zero actually mean for you? Um, when we talk about this sister city relationship? Well, I think um, 
both of our cities, and, and especially for Palmerston North, we have um, about um, four or five different sister cities uh, of different length. Uh, but definitely, Missoula has been our, our longest standing uh, partnership. Uh, we can definitely see the difference. Um, as, as you already mentioned before, sister city relationship could sometimes be uh, very on the surface, uh, very um, exchange only between um, city officials and mayoral uh, level um, and, and not drill down to the community at all. Um, but I think the four decades between Missoula and Palmerston North has really seen the friendship seeping down to to the people-to-people connection. It has uh, such a tangible um, and emotional attach, um, you know, to one another that that's just not found anywhere else. Um, and and when we talk about um, you know uh, collaboration, uh, it the conversation of collaboration starts differently between our two cities. It's it's not about what do you have, what can you give, and what can we get. It's more about okay, um, we've got this and you've got that. Um, maybe we're a little bit better in this this area and you're a little bit better in that area. How can we help each other to grow all together? And that I think is the beautiful uh, friendship that we are not uh, at all in a uh, measuring sort of uh, state of mind. Or in a competition, right. When we're definitely not in competition and and we both want uh, mutual benefit for each other. Right. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point, uh, Gabrielle, and it speaks to uh, the fact that this is not something that um, has a certain shelf life and then it's done. But um, this example shows that uh, we may just be um, still in the beginning of of the sister city connection, or or somewhere in the middle, uh, and we we might have uh, you know forty or fifty or sixty years ahead of us that we don't even know yet. But I agree with you. It's 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 not seeing it as a um, as a better or worse or in some way a competitive thing, but it's about seeing it as a partnership, and uh, and what benefits um, it can bring to two equal partners, and and that I think is an important way of looking at the whole thing. And then I think it is sustainable, as as uh, as example shows. Um, with 40 years of, of a history. So now, speaking of that, um, this year we have had, uh, beginning of the year, uh, already a couple of, of events that um, we both had on both sides to celebrate the 40 years. We had our official um, sister city, um, city council connection last week over Zoom, but there are also still um, a few highlights that are um, in in planning uh, until the end of this year. What are some of the plans that you still have uh, on your side um, to uh, till the end of December? 
far let Kate talk about the connection uh, for education in motion uh, and then I'll talk a little bit about uh, November what we have in plan wonderful yeah so for me in an education space and this might just not necessarily be until the end of the year but this could be um, a bit of a longevity sort of legacy project but at the moment in an education space the connection is very much at a tertiary level and um, I really want this to um, be broadened to capture primary, intermediate and secondary school education. So um, Udo and I, we have had a few conversations about how we could um, connect um, high school students between um, our two cities and really utilising um, digital technologies to connect the students and get right. an understanding of the differences in life between um, Missoula and Palmy from a youth perspective. I think when people think of education connection, it oh, it must be a physical exchange, and, and that doesn't need to be the case. Where right. there's, I think COVID has taught us how to best utilise digital technologies, and um, this is something that we're hoping to achieve um, before the end of the year. But um, even looking beyond this year, if I do anything in my role at council, it would be to establish um, a high school exchange program between a local high school in Missoula and a local high school in Palmerston North. And um, Udo and I have also had a few conversations about this, and it does come with complications because there's differences in academic calendars between um, Palmerston North and Missoula, and that right. just comes with Northern and Southern Hemisphere. Um, there's difficulty when it comes to working with our New Zealand Qualification Authority and how can that study be credited towards our students' NCA Level 1, 2 or 3 qualification because the courses are so prescribed. And um, even just things like homestay accommodation. So that is something I definitely want to achieve, whether it's this year or years to come. But this isn't a world first and it's been done before and other cities in New Zealand do this with cities in America. And I'm determined to work with Udo and I also have an education contact at the US Embassy in New Zealand who's assisted other high schools um, in, in achieving short-term exchange. But captured by short-term exchange, something that's really important for me is that there we look at how to increase involvement of Māori, Pacifica, Indigenous and First and Family students in exchange opportunities. So typically for these communities, family obligations and therefore financial positions can be a real hindrance or deterrent. So I think there needs to be a real emphasis on scholarships or other means of funding to ensure that those who may be disadvantaged but I know would oh, so hugely benefit from an experience like this are able to um, partake and do so. So that's sort of what's going on in the education space for um, the rest of this year and then also looking forward. So Gabrielle, um, perhaps the event in November as well? Yeah, um, sure. So Mozilla has always had, uh, you know, the, the New Zealand Day uh, celebration and and we haven't really been able to reciprocate that uh, until this year. So in, in honor of the 40th anniversary um, for our sister city relationship, we are um, commemorating a Missoula Day, uh, which coincides with not Thanksgiving Day, but within a couple of uh, days of Thanksgiving. Uh, so we are celebrating a Missoula Day uh, on Saturday, the 26th of November here. And there will be a, um, a visual representation of Missoula 
and of the United States of America. Um, in in the square where where we have our festivities, and um, we are planning to have uh, apart from you know a, a Missoula booth, and uh, uh, we're going to be asking uh, assistance from you, Udo, to be able to put on. Um, Uh, videos and um, uh, photos and presentation about uh, Missoula, um, but also um, just really promote uh, Missoula to our wider community and hopefully somebody else, um, somebody out there is going to pick up on, wow, what an opportunity, what a great place to be. Uh, and they will be going to Missoula and maybe starting some sort of uh, connection and, and partnership in God knows, uh, business, tourism, or arts and culture area. So we're looking forward to that. And the entire day is going to be planned around activities that are all American. Oh. Um, so we are now in hunt of um, hopefully enough turkeys and uh, pumpkins, um, whether it's in fresh form or canned form for some pumpkin pies. Uh, let's see how lucky we are with that. And we will have the assistance of the uh, U.S. Embassy in Wellington as well. Well, this sounds absolutely fantastic. And I have to say, I'm surprised. Um, and uh, this is just a, a wonderful um, idea to... Uh, to 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 have a Missoula day. I'm, I'm not that I could ever have asked for this, um, but that you guys um, want to do this is just very very lovely. And um, whatever we can do on our end, uh, please let us know. Um, because I meanwhile, while you were talking, I actually got my phone and was looking in my calendar uh, to mark that already um, in the calendar. So this is uh, this is very nice, but. Um, Yeah, this and this just shows um, again that this is not a one-sided uh, connection. It's not a one-sided uh, partnership, but um, there are celebrations on both sides to complement each other's events and festivities. And um, yes, we have had New Zealand Day and sometimes even plural days um, where wow. we have had. Um, rugby games where we have had um, New Zealand uh, a New Zealand film at the local community theater the Roxy um, where we have had um, other events on the University of Montana campus to celebrate our connection um, with Palmerston North and and sometimes there was uh, you know a day full of activities and um, when the stars aligned and it was at a time when a delegation was here then um, as it was in 2018 then we quickly realized that a New Zealand day just wouldn't do it and we had to have two and so um, that was a nice problem to have is to, to realize that there was actually more interest from the community and there was more um, interest from the people that were in the delegation to actually share um, Palmy culture and New Zealand culture, and that naturally was not um, something that could be done in in an eight-hour span. So, uh, but thank you for um, for this wonderful idea, and whatever we can do, whatever I can do, um, to um, uh, to help with that, 
um, please let me know and we would um, we would be happy to contribute. Thank you. We might need some um, square dancing lesson. Oh yeah. Well, that probably wouldn't be me, but I have connections, so I can make sure that um, that that can be arranged. Now we've talked about the forty years. We talked about how it all began. We talked about how it how it benefits students, communities. How it benefits individual areas such as um, business and commerce and recreation and tourism and education, art and culture. Is there anything that hasn't happened in the past 40 years and that you would like to see happening in the future of this unique sister city connection? I'll go first. Sure. Uh, and Kate, you could jump in, in um, for the inter uh, in education um, field. But, uh, well, first of all, in the in, in immediate future, uh, we would like to reconnect with you physically uh, uh, in the new year. Uh, so that will be a priority for us. It, it, has, uh, it was planned for the end of this year so that we could have celebrated our 40th anniversary together in person. However, that was not possible. So uh, we will we'll, uh, definitely try our best to be there with you um, early in, in 2023. Um, uh, further in, in into the coming years, uh, I think we would like to see, um, you know, uh, our, our current connections in, in all areas deepened. Um, we would probably like to see um, more collaborative uh, projects to be done, uh, be it cultural, arts, um, or um, commerce, business, or or tourism, we would like to do it and utilize digital platforms uh, to to have more sort of uh, simon, uh, simultaneous um, sort of events and, and projects. Um, uh, personally, I think um, our relationship, our partnership, is mature enough for the two cities to uh, collaborate in terms of governance. So um, I would really like to see for, for the two councils to work together um, on common public uh, issues that we're facing and, and see if there's anything that we could utilize and, and better um, the life of our residents um, in two communities. And perhaps our partnership is also mature enough for us to join um, some other humanitarian sort of project uh, in in another place. So it doesn't always have to be just between Missoula and Palmerston North. It True. could be True. a third uh, city of Missoula or of Palmerston North or somewhere else that uh, would benefit from the friendship that we share. Right. So that would be the in um, the the inspiration for our future uh, years to come. Kate, what about you? Uh, so, wearing my education hat, um, I've already talked about um, the high school exchange program, but something I think that I would love to see this partnership grow in terms of education is um, 
sort of transnational education and having the opportunity for our university lecturers and specialist subjects to be able to fly in or fly out and teach courses in relation to whole degrees. So um, in the past, I'm aware that um, Massey University's Associate Professor Hone Morris, he was um, part of a the visiting delegation with Missoula and historically our Missoula partnership has been um, one had a city planning or environmental sustainability sort of focus but Hone Morris is from Te Putahia Toi which is Massey's School of Māori Knowledge and so he brings um, cultural studies, languages, communication, cultural perspectives from a Māori lens, um, exploring connections with his Native American counterparts so it, I think it would be really terrific if um, he could fly in and, and, and teach on a bachelor's degree um, in his sort of specialist subject and we could have a visiting lectureship from um, someone at the University of Montana come and teach to our programs. And also, um, I think this is very aspirational and I don't know how it's going to go, but I would really love to see um, the University of Montana and Massey University perhaps explore a dual award or a joint degree. Um, and I, I don't even know where to begin as to how to approach it, but I think that's something that would really sort of solidify our education partnership if students could um, undertake a dual award degree and perhaps it's double badged and they're able to study a portion of their qualification at Massey, a portion in Missoula, and um, yeah, I, I, I don't know, and I, it's incredibly aspirational, but I would love to see that happen. Wonderful. Well, um, thank you both, uh, Gabrielle and Kate, for sharing your um, your vision uh, for the future and for um, for us continuing our um, very engaged connection. And it proves um, one thing, and that is that we are far from um, reaching the end because there are so many great ideas that need to be incorporated that will. Um, for years and decades fuel this engine of people-to-people um, -people diplomacy. But I'd like to uh, specifically um, respond to what you said, um, Gabrielle, about uh, while it's nice to have this virtual connection, it, uh, it cannot possibly replace um, the, real, uh, the real interaction between people. And I'm reminded of um, a tradition that um, Chief Virimu Teaveave uh, introduced me to and exchanged with me the traditional Maori greeting, which is the, um, the, the pressing together of the noses of two people and, uh, and some, the hongi, and sometimes even the touching of the, the foreheads in the process. But um, I, was, I was not prepared for this when um, I first uh received the delegation here in Missoula. Um, I had started that spring um, in 2018 with um, with Arts Missoula and had taken over the um, uh, at that time a global and cultural affairs program and Sister Cities is under that program. Now it's called Arts Missoula Global um, but same same idea. And um, uh, we went out to the Missoula airport to um, welcome the delegation. And while I have been teaching uh, a cultural um, awareness and and a cultural competency for many years, I was um, I was so 
are touched by the fact that that Viramu sort of pulled me in and we had our noses touch and uh, he then later explained that it is all about um, the same air that we're breathing as humans and that we are sharing uh, sharing the air to breathe and so I thought what a wonderful way and how would you ever explain this in a virtual setting you couldn't it's just like a hug or you know anything that that has to do with with some kind of a of a of a haptical or or tactile interaction it's so difficult to to express that in words and to even get close but this was so um, such a wonderful gesture that um, that I agree with you that nothing beats the personal interaction and we are just as much looking forward to that as um, as as you guys are so the next the next visit on location is absolutely necessary to further um, strengthen the connections that we have and what was neat was that um, like Kate said earlier we've we've learned through the pandemic to um, to communicate with each other in a, in a different way um, and it has worked but it doesn't replace uh, it doesn't replace the actual on location uh, visit and interaction with people so um, thank you so much for that Gabrielle and um, that brings us to the end of uh, the podcast and and I don't know about you but I'm always amazed how quickly an hour goes by when um, when you don't really think yeah. about it but we are actually um, pretty close to the end and the only question that I have left is more of a personal one because um, I, I had the great pleasure of of meeting both of you a year ago and of having regular um, uh, regular exchanges and interactions with you what do you love about your position what um, what is where does the passion come from to be in international relations to be in international education because I think that could be um, something that uh, that is really important for a lot of people especially young people to to think about and to probably connect to, if possible. You can start this, Kate. I, I think I might need uh, a lot more time to compile the, the notes for this one. Well, Gabrielle and I laughed about this because we love everything about our jobs. So, um, But one thing I do want to say to um, any of your listeners, Udo, who may be considering a career in international relations is that I didn't study political science or history or international relations. I have a Bachelor of Communication and Public Relations and Media Studies, which taught me how to have interpersonal skills, taught me how to have cross-cultural awareness, and I just have a genuine interest for what's going on. And I'm just really fortunate that um, those are skills that I've been able to utilize in an international relations and an education space. I think there's a bit of a common misconception that international relations is all about politics and warfare, and, and that isn't the case at all. It's all about having a deeper understanding of global issues, um, being passionate, a willingness to forge partnerships for benefits of communities, and, and wanting to make a difference. And um, to answer your question in my day-to-day -day life, I gave some thought to this, and I think one thing that I really love about my particular role in international education is how 
receptive and passionate and knowledgeable and collaborative our local education providers are and how willing they are to work together to promote the Manawatu region as a destination of choice for international students. And I think it would be very easy um, to feel competitive in the international education space post-COVID, um, but I'm really surprised at how collaborative our providers have been and it's, it's made them a real joy to work with. And I think it's very rare at 26 to find a job you love going to every day and especially in, in the city I love. So um, I recognise that I'm very lucky. Thank you, Kate, for sharing that. How about Gabrielle? Well, I have to say we're very lucky to have Kate with us, uh, who is not only passionate about um, her job, but also the city. And nothing sells the city better than real passion uh, about it. So uh, we're very blessed to have you also, Kate. Um, I think for me, the job uh, in international relations has been uh, from the get-go, very personal. I, I think it's a job that immediately humbles yourself because the moment you start is also the moment you realize that you don't know anything or, or you don't know everything. There's always new people, new culture, new issues to learn from, to be aware of, and and or lack of a better word, um, I think this is um, the job that you can actually feel like you are making the world a better place. It might sound cliche, but um, you know, it's it's definitely is something that you're not in it for for the money. Uh, you're in it for the benefit of the public, of the people, and you truly are seeing the differences that that your work is making um, in, you know, eventuate in the community, in the friendship that's been made, in the connection, uh, and, and at times you get the joy of seeing actual products that come out of, of, of the connection that right. you help to make. Right. So for me, it's, it's been really humbling. It's been lots of learning opportunity and lots of personal growth and um, identity realization. My September International Voices podcast guests were Gabriel Wayne, the International Relations Manager, and Kate Herridge, the International Relations and Education Advisor in Missoula's sister city, Palmerston North, in New Zealand. Thank you for listening. Those of you who are regularly tuning in to International Voices know, being of German descent, I usually end with a German farewell. Dankeschön fürs Zuhören. International Voices is brought to you by Arts Missoula Global and The Trail 1033. This and previous International Voices podcasts can be found at artsmissoula.org and The Trail 1033.com. If your interests are in global and intercultural education, programming, cultural and global competence, and international affairs, we hope you join us again next month for another episode of International Voices. <laughs>